You're listening to Board Game Pitch. I'm your host, Victoria Fraser, and we're going to talk about all things board games. Let's get started. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Board Game Bitch. It's me, your girl, Tori. And I've got some more opinions and sassy advice for you today. We're going to be talking about a classic board game that most of you have probably heard of, because I suspect most of my audience is gamers. (laughs) But hey, maybe it's your first time playing board games and you have no idea. But we're going to talk about, drum roll please, Settlers of Catan. Also mostly called Catan, to be honest. That's probably what I'll say from now on, because that's a mouthful. We don't need that. But also joining me today is a special guest and longtime friend, Jay. <laughs> Your name is one syllable, so. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that's, goes, that's my name that is your name it also goes by uh the pseudonym video game bastard which is great yes yeah we came across doing that um based on your name your pseudonym and True. i was getting into twitch streaming so that's that's I'm where sorry. i use that pseudonym that's where <laughs> i that's my world of existence uh online is uh on twitch at uh, video game bastard with yeah. underscores between the video and game He's also on all the social medias. You can stalk him. He's cool. Sometimes I twitch. I twitch with you. Is that how though? Is that how I word that? Yeah, yeah. Stream <laughs> or stream. Yeah, that works too. Just twitch. <laughs> you just twitch. Yeah, you you just twitch on stream. That's, that's only cool. after you've had a few to drink. I mean, that's all the time then. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome. I'm so excited. We I've been talking and saying you're gonna come on the show for a while now. So I'm excited that you're finally here. Episode 10. Episode my, 10, yeah. My double digits officially. I'm pretty excited. I can't. I'm excited too. This is awesome. Yeah. So you can check out Jay. Uh, We'll definitely do more of that at the end. More shouting out. Also, he's a big fan of Catan, which is a classic board game, as I've already said, probably like three times. And so, you know, we got someone who knows a lot about it to come on the show. You played a lot of the expansions, actually. I've played like two, two expansions, maybe three. Yeah, that's correct. Sometimes we mix and match the expansions too mm. um, and just add different components of the different expansions and make our own host rules in some cases. That's so fun. All right. So because it is a classic board game, I figured we'd spend a little bit more time today on the introduction and sort of the history of the game because it's a really fundamental game in a lot of ways. And it kind of you know, dictated the trajectory for a lot of modern board games. So I really wanted to respect it for what it is because there's also kind of like mixed feelings on the game. Like I know people who hate it and people who like absolutely love it. I'm in between. I I like it. I respect it. I'll play it. I don't actually own it, (laughs) but I do enjoy it. So anyways, a little bit about it. Uh, Catan is one of the most popular games. It's won tons of awards. It was first released in 1995. The year I was born. Fun fact for you guys. Some people are gonna be like, she's so young. And it was designed by German board gamer, or board game designer, I guess, Klaus Tuber, who is obviously raking in the dough because this game makes a lot of money every year. Because it's an international hit, there's actually competitions around the world where players win cash. I think the local competitions, the Canadian tournament, I'm pretty sure there's a cash prize and you can get flown to like, I assume Ottawa where they compete, which is pretty cool. So it's more than just like a game. It really has this like kind of community around it, which is interesting because like other board games really haven't even Monopoly or like, you know, Risk, those other really classic games, they've gone on to do a lot. Uh, But I I can't think of a lot of games that quite have the same community and following that Catan has. So that's kind of why I wanted to also bring up all that. I did a lot of research, 
trying to figure out why it was so possible. And I'm curious to see your theories on this. There was an article I read in the Atlantic from 2011, where they're saying how it was picking up steam because it was used in corporate events and in Silicon Valley as like an icebreaker, which kind of makes sense. You know, when you get into like that business area of that, you can get some popularity there. Also, I mean, nerd culture in general has been shifting from these kind of small communities into the mainstream, as we've all seen since like, you know, since like whenever nerd stuff started, which I feel like humans have just been nerds forever, but a lot of those nerdier things have gotten more popular in the mainstream audience, but like comic books and comic movies, that's kind of an example of that. One of my favorite blogs, Start Your Meeples. I prefer them a lot, so there you go. Shout out to them again. They cover Catan and they point out that, you know, it wasn't a shallow game compared to a lot of games at the time, which makes sense. And actually it's kind of my thought process because I've played a lot of those older 80s, 90s games. So yeah, it's a Euro game that sort of came into the mainstream and compared to a lot of the games at the time, it was arguably more complicated. And I think that was sort of also made it uh, more popular. And also, I mean, other really, really, really popular games that we think of, like D&D, which was like, what, the 70s, 80s when it first came out and has had many iterations since then. D&D is so complicated. So if you have like Dungeons Dragons on one side of the spectrum and you have Sorry on the other, <laughs> this, is, this is a two very different game. So Catan is in the middle, which I think is how it, it kind of became a game for a lot of people that got him into board gaming in a more serious way that wasn't so intimidating because not everyone wants to play those heavy hardcore games. I do, but not everyone is me. <laughs> so I think the reason it became popular is more that middle ground because a lot of games at the time were kind of on the extreme sides of the spectrum, whereas Catan brought in like multiple game mechanics, which I'll get into later. And, you know, the competition time is very different. And yeah, I don't know. All right. That's my take on it. What's yours? Because you, you, I'm sure have opinions. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, what I got from that, from your little blurb there is, is that the game's as old as you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 25 guys as of last year. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's the originator of the Meeple, is it not? I guess maybe, probably. Yeah. I think you were correct there. Because a lot of games use Meeples as right. sort of their, there's their acronym for the very, for the little wooden figures. But I think this was the game that, that made, that made that into the board game nomenclature. I mean, it's got, it's a lot of references when you play with other board game people. I always joke like to weed for wood, like in passing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It's kind of and the funny. The funny thing about that is, is that they're, they're not even technically called that in the game. It's called lumber, right? But everyone calls it wood, oh, right? Wood. Or, is it actually yeah. called lumber? I'm so upset. It's called lumber, yeah. And and also, instead of wool, we, we say sheep. <laughs> You're blowing <laughs> right? my mind. I've played this game lots of times and I didn't realize it was what? Really? It's wool because, well, I mean, Damn. that's technically the resource, right? But it's got a sheep too. on the card, so everyone just calls it sheep, right? It and it, sheep. it, it and I think that's another part of it being uh, an international success is because, yeah, the, the cards have no words on it. It's all iconography. So um, it translates very well to uh, to other cultures. It's basically mm -hmm. a picture of brick, a picture of a sheep. Yeah. Right? It's all pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, some people have pointed out that it's not as fantasy, like not 100% committed to a theme. It's kind of an open theme in, in like what you're saying, how it's kind of broad with the icon. So I think that is yeah. one of the factors. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, definitely uh, agricultural related and uh, and things along those lines. Um, the expansions do tend to incorporate more medieval style mechanics into it, like uh, the Knights uh, expansion and um, Cities and Knights and the Seafarers expansion. Those all tend to lean more 
medieval-esque with castles and things like that. And we all do love the good medieval themes, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. And it's a relatively simple rule set, but it becomes complicated strategically. You can make it very complicated with your strategy, Mm -hmm. um, but the rules are very simple. It's, It's very different than, like, as you mentioned, um, some of the more complicated ones like D&D is very, very complicated. It's got a very complicated rule set, which allows for very robust strategies as well. But this has very basic and simple mechanics, I find. And it's very easy for beginners to pick up, yeah. even if they don't necessarily understand the full interlinking of the mechanics and how the strategy works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still perfectly winnable for a new player uh, coming into even with some semi-experienced players. Oh, we're Beginner's gonna luck some, is, is very much a thing in this game. We're going to have some disagreements there later when I tell you my Catan <laughs> story, but <laughs> but we'll get into that. Oh, you um, were thrown into thrown to the wolves on your first game kind of thing? We'll, we'll go back to the flashback, so I'll just zone out right. for a good five minutes and then I'll come and, t- and tell you. But, um, but yeah, actually, I just remembered another reason that some people say it's popular, and this is more word of mouth just from like me talking to board gamers throughout my life um, mm-hmm. and some who love it, and it was apparently supposedly it's one of those games that was like earlier to like the expansions thing so a lot of like if you think of like scrabble or monopoly they did do different editions like catopoly for example but they didn't necessarily build on the game as much whereas Catan really the expansions are different mechanics which really do affect the play of the game so i think i mean i don't know if it's the first one to do expansions but it's definitely one that really did a lot of expansions and it did them well so i think that could also be I would agree with that, yeah, because the additions of Monopoly didn't change the mechanics or didn't change the rules of the game in any meaningful way. It was just more of a of a skin, I guess, for the game, whereas this game, I think, was designed from the start to be expandable and changeable, Uh, much like a like a card game, like your card deck building games. Mm -hmm. This lends itself well to having the mechanics, you know, completely changed with new expansions and new additions and even even just house rules uh, with the base game true the house rules are definitely a thing with this game where people play differently i don't actually play myself differently but i've heard of people who have their own versions of things all right so i guess we'll touch on the mechanics a little bit because there are some interesting things going on here that i haven't discussed in previous episodes so jargon wise we'll also get these out of the way if they come up then it doesn't worry matter so much katam is a modular board game and it has resource management and those are the two main things i think that are worth discussing it also has obviously dice rolling you know there's income and there's you know trading but the modular board is an interesting component because again looking at other older board games changing the board so much um it definitely happens but not i think as much as Catan. like Catan is different every single time the board you, you have to assemble it every time so that's kind of interesting and then there's resource management it's also not like necessarily a new mechanic but it's a mechanic that's important because you have to like gain resources and kind of keep track of making the best decision with those resources, uh, which we'll get into the strategy. So those are the two big components that are the most important piece of this game. And I think by combining the different components that it does is, as we said, why it's so successful. That's kind of one of the reasons. That's the mechanics, got some definitions out of the way, made it easy for you. We'll talk a little bit about about how to play, but we're not going to spend too much time here because I suspect most of you listeners have already played it. So you kind of know this. The game starts with Players being settlers on a new settlement or island called Catan. I could not find the etymology of that word. I did not spend enough time Googling, but I don't know. If I find it, I'll let you know. (laughs) Or if you know, please let me know. Basically, you collect the resources like wheat, brick, wood, sheep, 
aka wall <laughs> and uh i'm forgetting the other one. Oh, or that's it and you build cities roads uh, also certain cards you can purchase blah 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 pretty simple after that you create those settlements you get points for it you upgrade your cities you get points for that and you're just going to keep doing this on your turn you sort of had three phases first you roll the dice which is how you get the resources they're distributed based on the resource that that number is on and if you roll a seven being the most common number you actually get to move a special piece called the robber and then rob from a player who's on the number that you block or the tile that you block also a number also a resource then you also get to trade once you've got your resources pretty simple you just make deals with other players hey i'll give you two bricks you give me two ore great trade after that you can build things and then your turn ends so it's pretty quick because that you know the turns aren't overly complicated you only have three steps and the first player to 10 or 15 victory points i think it's just 10 victory points wins i've not played it in a while so i forget the exact number i wrote 10 but i might be wrong <laughs> so here you go the, how to play loose outline pretty quick that was like a couple minutes <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to bore anyone so we'll talk a little bit about why i love it and my critiques of it so first of all the four reasons I personally like this game. Uh, number one is the consistent play time. It's pretty predictably like, you know, 90 minutes, maybe two hours, not much more than that generally. And again, compared to the contemporary games at the time, Catan was a godsend. If you're playing Risk, that is like a six hour, four to six hour game. Monopoly, also like a four to six hour game. I mean, Scrabble, probably not a six hour game. <laughs> Still requires a lot of brain thinking, but Catan was like very time boxed in that way that I think made it different. And even with some other games now that I've played that are modern games that take like three or four hours, I'm like, oh, that's so long. So I appreciate that it's like consistent in the playtime. It doesn't really go fluctuate too much. That's number one. Number two for me was the uh, different winning conditions. So it has like various ways to win as opposed to just one way, you know, again, like other games that are simpler and more common and popular perhaps like the mainstream media, Catan is different than those games because it has, there's like the longest army thing that gets you points. There's the, sorry, longest road, largest army, uh, development cards as well have points. So there's that strategy, upgrading your cities, and then also just having a lot of settlements. There's like a lot of different things that get you points. So you can kind of like mix and match them to win. Finally, or not finally, this is the second one, it's the last one, the penultimate reason I love it. <laughs> it's replayable. I always love games of replayability because the game is modular it is a little bit different every time. And also the dice rolling and the luck there does make it very different where one game, there's no sheep. You're just like, where are all the sheep? Need me some sheep. Another game, you're like, where are the wood? There's no trees. What happened? We cut them all down. It's a problem. Don't do that. And then finally, the fourth reason I really like it is the engagement. I like games where I get to actively engage with the players and I like trading. I think it's fun. Pretty simple. I don't think I have to explain that one too much. <laughs> do you have any reasons you especially love this game? I love this game because you can actually change the length of the game too mm. with house rules very easily. You just increase or decrease the amount of victory points that are required. I mean, obviously you can't decrease them too far. Otherwise the game just becomes ridiculously so short and you, you can't get anything done. And uh, then it's all luck at that point. But uh, the 10 victory points seems to be pretty standard. And as you said, yes, it doesn't last an exorbitant amount of time. But you can also lengthen the game if you want as well by just increasing the amount of victory points that are required. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah, I've never actually done that when I played. I always played 10. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the standard, and it it does make for a, a reasonably length game, but um, uh, I do like it for that, as you said, for its configurability, for um, the, the game is literally a different game every single time. Yeah. Not only because, like most board games, you you tend to be playing with different players each time, but even the same group of players, one after another, each game is different, and the luck that goes into the resource production, yeah, just it makes it unique and different every single time. I also like it because it's a very social game. Uh, I know there's a lot of board games out there that you can just you just roll the dice, move, do your own thing, and you don't really are not really forced to socialize at, at all with the other players. Uh, this one, you you kind of have to if you want to get good deals on resources or on various things, and you can literally trade anything in the game. I think it allows for that. I don't think I've ever traded anything other than resources. Right. Well, and I, so. I don't know if you can necessarily, you can't do things like roads and meeples and things like that. Right. But uh, you can trade cards, like if mm. you've got yeah. some of the uh, production yeah. cards or something like that. If you need certain amount of resources, you could trade a production card for that. Ooh. Right. And that adds another element to it, too. Uh, I wonder if there's a house. I've never, ever traded development cards. That's so interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Me saying I've played this game a lot. I, <laughs> I have played it a lot. My ex is this was his favorite game, like Catan. So we played this. Oh game. yeah. When I first met him, we played Catan so many times. I haven't played this game in a long time, just you know, because well, the pandemic yeah. is, is kind of <laughs> put a kibosh on a lot of get-togethers, and uh, yeah. uh, I think there's an online version of this game. There's definitely uh, or apps. a couple of them. There's then like, there's apps. Yeah. yeah. My mom and friends, I don't play the app versions. I've never played it. Um, I don't usually play a lot of app games. Also, it's with computers, I think, for the most part. And I don't really like playing with computers. I like people. <laughs> I want to be, be unpredictable. So, obviously, now we have to go to why we don't so love it. <laughs> I am the board game bitch, after all. I have to bitch a little bit. Uh <laughs> Absolutely. I, and, and hey, I'm the video game bastard, so I'm right with you there. <laughs> Really perfect match. My number one thing that I put down was that it's cruel to beginners, which is the opposite of what you said earlier. So I was laughing. <laughs> well, you can get a little bit lucky um, and beginner luck is <laughs> certainly a thing sure. um, if they get good roles and they just happen to to yeah. place a city on the right development spots. But yeah, you're right. It, it does for really experienced players can be very punishing to beginners. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it, it can be cruel because my first time I played it, I really didn't understand the numbers and the dice were related. I don't know if they just didn't really explain the rules to me at all. To be honest, I have friends. I, there, there were two friends who were not very generally good at teaching games and they also were very competitive. So they didn't, oh, no. want, to, they didn't want to teach you how to play because then you might actually play well. So That's a bad combo. <laughs> it, was, it was not great. I played it the very first time and... I didn't really understand. And I put myself on like threes and like fours and like an 11, like I'm like the looking back. And like, after I played the game, I was like, wow, you guys let me put my two first settlements on the worst fucking places in this map. No wonder <laughs> I lost. Like I must've got like four victory points. It was the kind of loss that was just like, I, I would rather have not played. And that's sucky. <laughs> that yeah. And then of course play. they place the robber on your settlement. So they're just raping and pillaging you the entire <sighs> game. Yeah. <laughs> Bad times. So I think if you don't really understand or you don't get a good enough description on how to play when you've like never played it before, it could be brutal. Even though it's not a complicated game, like compared to a lot of modern games like Gloomhaven or Dead of Winter, which are like way more complicated and tends to learn. Like this is, Catan's relatively easy to learn. The very first 
placement, I think, is where you can get screwed if you're not fully aware of how the game works and also like the long term, the short term strategy, and all these different things. So yeah, I think it can be not so nice. And I've read a lot of stories of people as well blogging online and why they hate this game. They played it like one time and they're like, it was terrible. I'm like, I think they just played a bad group of people. So you know, that is, I think, a problem after reading a number of reviews. In fact, there's one review uh, a blogger named Kelsey Dominey. I think she's even a game designer. I don't know. I don't know a lot about her, but she. Uh, she she wrote a review that was like, I hate Catan. We should never play it. And I was like, okay. And she had a similar experience. She played it at a party. Actually, apparently she, I think she might've won one, but she just like, didn't like it. But she seems to be at a New Year's party, obviously with board gamers, I guess, but also with New Year's party, you know, you're drinking a few beers. It's going to be hard to play a game after that. Yeah. More like a yeah. party atmosphere. Especially a new to you game for sure. Yeah. Especially if your first time playing it. I went, no bad choice so yeah that's my number one critique i don't think it's the friendliest beginners if they're not taught very well how to play and if they're left on to their own devices like me who made the worst possible decisions and it sucked <laughs> i'm assuming they didn't like hand you the rule book and go okay go probably not, probably not. <laughs> i probably just let no. them describe it and i was like sure sounds good and then failed second reason i have issues with it is actually it's not even like i personally have that big of an issue with it but i know a lot of people do and a lot of reviews like people hate the luck factor because it can be really unpredictable i've seen games where a friend won basically because 11 was rolling really hot for no goddamn reason the number 11 (laughs) should never roll more than once in a game and it rolled like five or six times and he was on number 11 like twice so he just like pulled in all the bricks and the wheat and whatever it was and he schooled us he won so fast yeah it was stupid so that can happen with the luck. I don't personally have issues with luck in games because like you said, it makes it more unpredictable. So it kind of gives the replayability better, but you know, some people hate that and I get it. Yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged sword. I think. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It, depending on the role. Yeah. If you roll, uh, maybe they had weighted dice. <laughs> it was just rolling 11s <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Um, and then my third critique is that, I mean, nowadays I would say it is pretty much too simple, sadly. I, I haven't played it in a while. I don't own it. I don't think I would ever personally own it because I don't find it to be one of my favorite ever games. Yeah. So there's just a lot that's happened since 1995. I was born for one. <laughs> and games yeah. have evolved a lot compared to a lot of things. It's not my number one because it's not as complicated or as exciting and interesting as other games that I play. You know, the artwork is all right. The theme is okay. The mechanics are fine, but it's not like amazing. For beginner game and for the history of the game and like what it did, great, like solid. I respect it. Go you, Katan. Good job, Klaus. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my one critique of the game is is that, yeah, after you know playing it so many times with your friends, it's very hard to convince them to play Catan over the other board games that you have in your library because they've played it so much in the past, right? So saying, yeah. hey, you guys want to play Settlers of Catan, most of them are like, eh, you know that. So, I mean, that yeah, that is the critique. It's been around for a very long t- time. And as you opened the podcast with is, is that, you know, most board gamers are very very familiar with this game so that means they've played it many many times so going back to it is kind of fun for the nostalgia factor or if you've got you know new players you know a good amount of new players that have never played the game that makes it fun for some of the more experienced players in the game and again as long as they explain it well to the beginners it's okay 
but it can be very punishing if you've got some really mean competitive players. <laughs> Don't play with shitty experience. people. That's what we learned today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think that holds true across <laughs> most board games, <laughs> You're right. especially, especially the ones um, that, that are deemed to be cooperative in nature too. Right. <laughs> Just yeah. Don't play with shitty people. That's true. <laughs> I think it's love letter. Cause I read the rule book recently and it was like, don't play with knaves who cheat. And I was like, yeah, that's good advice for life. I guess we'll talk a little bit about strategies, but again, this is such a classic game that I didn't save too much for this section. And a lot of people play this game. You kind of know some of them, but I wanted to at least cover it for someone who's playing for the first time and they want to know some strategies so they don't totally suck like I did. <laughs> My first tip is that trading is good. Some people are afraid to trade because they're just like, I don't want to help anyone. I want to do it all by myself. And that's just not the way to win. Whenever I play the people who trade more, I think tends to do better. I've seen people play just having all the resources themselves out of dumb luck, but like at some point you're going to have to trade a little bit. I think you should be less afraid of trading because I think that's a beginner mistake that I've seen. Uh, another tip is to avoid people. This actually is really in any territory or like kind of area control type game. Like I talk about in small world, <laughs> you don't want to be where the people are because it's more competitive. It gets really crowded, especially in the four to six player games. So I do my best to avoid other people if I can. Like, you know, you can kind of see what someone else is doing when they're building their roads, like one direction, if that's the direction you want to go. Not so great. You know, they might build a settlement before you in a race and that's not fun. Another piece of advice, which I guess I kind of alluded to earlier, is to place your first settlements well. And it's like the most crucial part of the game, and it happens before the game is really started. And that's intense, and beginners don't know that, as I didn't know that, and I placed terribly. So don't place yourself in the low rolling numbers like I did. Try to place yourself on like a few different types of resources instead of just placing yourself on the same numbers and the same resources, then you're just kind of finding yourself stuck. That's some very simple advice for you to play. And actually, this next tip comes from a guy named Chris Broderick, who was the winner of Catan's World Championship in 2014. I and mean, he had a good point, which was to go for wheat, which makes a lot of sense. Also, because he's into the development card strategy, which is these cards that you buy to get. Sometimes you get points, but you also get lots of guards and stuff, which is another way to move the robber. Wheat is also good for building cities and building those first settlements. It's really good for everything. So wheat is almost like the best resource. And I never really realized that till I read his, his comment is like, oh, yeah, wheat's literally like in everything except roads. So that was kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, so, three of the four build structures contain wheat. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, absolutely. I never, never put myself on wheat that aggressively. I've never thought about it. And yet it's definitely a game where someone has a lot of wheat. They definitely do well. So yeah, those are my tips for strategies. Do you have any tips yourself? If you're playing with people that are unfamiliar with the game or are unfamiliar with your play style, sometimes it's best to go for some of the victory points that may not necessarily be targeted. Longest road is a key one. I tend to do that in my first round of play with Settlers of Catan and just see how people will try to combat that. Mm. So that's why, again, I think a lot of players tend to focus on the, the wood and the brick is because that's for building roads as opposed to the wheat, which is the cities. But you obviously need roads in order to connect your cities. But if you can focus on getting development cards and you get lucky draws where you can build extra roads and you have good resources for building roads, um, sometimes it is depending on the map and the layout going for longest road is sometimes a sneaky way of getting a victory mm. because I mean, that adds extra bonus victory mm. points. Um, and at the same time, you could also potentially go for longest army as well. If you're buying a lot of development mm. cards, 
but with experienced players, they'll take note of you buying develop a lot of development cards early in the game. So that may not be the best tactic, but it depends on whether or not it gets noticed or not very or early enough in the game. But once you get to a certain point, a critical mass of roads, there's not really much people can do about it. And uh, that's why I, I tend to focus towards doing that. Yeah. And yeah, focusing on the, the high rolling numbers, like look at the map when you, when you first set it all up and uh, try to pick high rolling numbers across multiple resources, as you said, that's absolutely key. But yeah, I realized too that, yeah, wheat's and everything. So <laughs> right. certainly, certainly wheat, go for man. the wheat. I love. I might start wheat. doing that now on my, on my Catan games. Now we got to play Catan. Get it to have a throwback. You can teach me one of those crazy expansions. I've like, I've played like two or three tops. And I don't. Even yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. Those, uh, the expansions, <laughs> some of them are really fun. Seafarers. Um, and, oh yes. And going back to, in particular to the seafarers uh -huh. getting ports getting city ports mm. uh, port cities and you utilizing that for trade as well instead of going through other players like if you have a lot of stubborn players in your game that are just being very unwilling or being too expensive for trading resources <laughs> don't be afraid to trade the resources to the bank or through your city ports i'll give you one wheat for like five wood yeah exactly <laughs> those people are the worst uh, i think i think i think i think i've played with people like that before yeah absolutely yeah. those are hard to play and play with you're like oh my gosh oh my goodness Very i'm the worst prices. i will play katan and you know, someone will be like two of this for one of these i'm like sure and like i literally will just be like trading all over the time and then like i'd have friends who would get mad because they're like you'll just trade with anyone for anything and i'm like i don't know <laughs> sure <laughs> i also just like i'm not as competitive in Catan because it's just not one of my favorite games so i don't really yeah. i don't really mind trading one for one and, and oh, all God, the experienced never. players are like what are you doing never one for one not unless those are no. like two extremely rare resources that are like both yeah not rolling. never yeah that'd be yeah. crazy anyways mm -hmm. all right i think that's pretty much everything this episode thank you so much for coming on yeah that's that's a lot of fun i love this game and uh yeah we definitely do need to play this again sometime soon <laughs> we got to get together but yeah if you really want to find a little bit more about jay and stack him you can go to video underscore game underscore bastard <laughs> that's what it is at twitch. on twitch or or at game bastard on twitter or there for twitter and he's probably also instagram facebook just just google it just stock him you'll figure it out just follow me and then you'll find him eventually i stock him a lot uh, <laughs> but yeah he's really awesome he streams some games actually also Fun fact about Jay, he just became affiliate after like a month, right? Yeah, we put, I pushed hard for that. That, that was a, uh, that was a social, me social media tank run. Um, oh, he's going to be a celebrity I just marketed no the time. shit out of myself and, uh, and <laughs> made it to affiliate on Twitch in, yeah, about a month. Yeah, and definitely do check out the streams because Board Game Bitch does make an appearance on my streams Sometimes. occasionally. Sometimes I do. Um, <laughs> I yeah. try. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Typically Great. Tuesday night, Tuesday nights, but uh, I think this podcast will release after we, we probably finish it. It, it takes two on Tuesdays, but uh, yeah. uh, definitely a Tuesday after you listen to this podcast, <laughs> uh, I will try to uh, coax her into uh, coming on stream. So you Sounds can, right. you can see her beautiful face on stream. No, they don't need to see my face. I will be an ominous <laughs> voice in the void forever. <laughs> I guess I do have a face. Spoiler I alert. can put a censored marker over top of your <laughs> over top of your video on my stream. Little black bar. <laughs> just in case for some of your podcast listeners. And they can never know how cute I am. They do. I, I actually on Instagram and Twitter I totally tweet my face all the time. This is like what Definitely. I'm doing. Anyways, 
All right, everybody, that's it for today. If you like Board Game Bitch, you can leave a review on iTunes or Podchaser. It means the world to me. Also, you can stalk me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Board Game BTCH because censorship. That's all for today. I'll see you in... Oh, and one last thing. I made a blog. You can follow Board Game Bitch as well on Medium, the blog, so you can read it instead of listening. I don't know, in case some of you can't listen. I'm trying to make this accessible because that's important. All right, that's it. Go play some games, roll some dice, have some fun. I'll see you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.